Welcome to Gil Reads Comics, where I recap and review your favorite comics as I guide my non-comic reading brother, Adam, through the world of heroes and villains. Today, we're talking about Batman, issue 58, released on November 7th, 2018. This issue was written by Tom King, with art by Mikkel Janin. There is an epidemic affecting children everywhere. Comic books. Comics everywhere. Avengers, Batman, Wonder Woman, and they're in movies now, too. In the real world, there is no good and evil. Enough! I'm reading comics, and no one's gonna stop me. Adam, we are back with a normal episode the two of us reunited, like Batman and Robin. Which one's Robin? I think we all know which one of us is Robin. Adam, why don't you remind us where we last left Batman? If you remember back to the Beasts of Burden, to hunt the beast. Where do we leave Bruce Wayne? If I recall, he was in Siberia, and he beat the crap out of the KG beast but he himself was in desperate straits he was mm-hmm. injured and then i think that was it like he just did he go through the snow he went through the snow safety? for uh we can assume he got away he got to safety but we also learned a couple things about batman we found out oh, that yeah. as a child bruce wayne had a proclivity for uh the macabre. Tales, yeah. Books about animals eating each other. And by extension, I guess his father did too. Well, his father appeared to be hesitant about reading the story. Remember, he was like, I don't know why you like this book, but I'll read it. Yeah, but someone someone read it to him for a first time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> unless he unless he like made up the story for other people to tell him. <laughs> Dad, I wrote this book. I want you to read it to me. <laughs> okay, son. And the other thing is, we don't know that the KG Beast is dead, right? He just wounded him very badly and then left him there. The implication is that he's dead, but correct, not confirmed. Okay. Because I have a bad feeling that he's not going to die, and Batman will, as usual, regret not just finishing the job. Right. And what else happened? Big, big happening for Batman. Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Dick Grayson. Oh, he got a terrible head injury. He got shot in the head. Got shot right in the head. But he lived. And unbeknownst to Batman, Dick Grayson is now going by the name Rick Grayson. (laughs) But that is only if you read the Nightwing story. In the Batman series right now, he's not really playing much of a role. Anyway, that brings us to issue 58. And on the cover of this issue we see a zoom-in close-up of the penguin, his face, with Batman flying in front of him. And it says on the cover, the penguin has a secret, and the Dark Knight will pay the price. And there's a synopsis for this issue. And I won't read the whole thing, but just the first sentence, because I want you to hear the kind of fun that they like to have with these synopses. It says... The Dark Knight waddles into a turf war with the Penguin. (laughs) You'd think the Penguin would be the one waddling. (laughs) And the word waddle is just a fun... It's one of those words that's just automatically funny. I think that's the first time in history the word waddle has appeared in the same sentence as turf war. Probably. Does the Penguin in this look like Danny DeVito? He does. He looks... He actually looks pretty similar to Danny DeVito. Nice. And that's a good lead-in. Anytime we have a character, a well-known character show up, I always like to get your take. Tell me about the Penguin. Oof. Okay. I always confuse him in my head with Arnold Schwarzenegger's ice villain. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. I confuse the two, even though... One of them is the superhuman specimen, and the other, as we learn in the movie Twins, is the leftover crap. Oh, I never thought. Yeah. I never made the connection. 
that both of I, them, DeVito and did you just connect those dots right now? I just right thought now? about that, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you that aren't following this, there was a movie years ago called Twins where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito were the product of genetic experiments. They created the perfect human specimen, Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) They created the perfect human specimen, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this is not me saying it. This is from the movie, The Leftover Crap. That was Danny DeVito. (laughs) Yeah. Which I always thought was hilarious yeah that that was hilarious and then we're just connecting the dots that both of them were in a batman movie arnold schwarzenegger played mr freeze in batman and robin while danny devito played the penguin in batman forever or no batman returns i believe hmm. and so adam what confuses I know, those two characters apparently yeah i confuse the two just because they're both related to the cold uh, but what i know about penguin is I believe he wears a top hat and he has a cane and he looks like the Monopoly man. Not a cane. False. Oh. An umbrella. Oh, well, I mean, it can serve as both. A cane-like umbrella. Yeah. He looks like Mr. Peanut. Accurate. But I don't actually know what he does. Does he Does he do cold type stuff? No. Uh, he's He's a mobster. He is actually one of the few Batman villains who's completely sane and in control of his actions. Hmm. He is just a ruthless, intelligent mobster capable of extreme violence. And he's so intelligent, he can match wits with Batman. If, if, I, if I were to draw a connection for you to another comic character that I know you're more familiar with because we've spent a little bit more time with him, he's like the kingpin from Marvel of the mm. DC universe. I like when you have sane villains because then I can I can hold them morally responsible for their actions. Right. This isn't a Joker situation where we say, well, if he can't help it, you know, it's not his fault. This penguin character, Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot, <laughs> he <laughs> We we can hold him accountable for everything he does. Well, let me give you a little bit more, some more detail on his origin. You kind of touched on this. He is a short, obese mobster with a long nose who, as you said, often wears a monocle top hat and tuxedo. He thinks of himself as the gentleman of crime. And not only does he have an umbrella, he has a whole array of umbrellas which serve as weapons which will come into play later in this issue. When he was a kid, he was bullied because of the way he looks and the fact that he doesn't really walk so much as waddle. Do you think Danny DeVito was offended when they cast him (laughs) as that? I bet he's had a good sense of humor about it. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, Now, you might be wondering why he always carries an umbrella. Because even before he became this villain, he always carried an umbrella, even when he was a kid. Well, it turns out his father died of bronchial pneumonia. Hmm. What is that, Adam? That's that's just an infection in some of the bigger tubes within your lungs. Can you get that from being in the rain without an umbrella? <laughs> Not really. Oh. That's kind of a myth. Well, <laughs> well, you know what? Let's just go with it because Penguin's dad died. Because he was in the rain without an umbrella. <laughs> that sounds like it was like from one, like a one-off comic that was just a cautionary tale to kids, like not to go out in the rain without an umbrella or you'll catch a cold. <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring that up because the, the, the concept of creating a comic or some piece of art just as a PSA. You know George Romero? Yeah. Created Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. He invented the modern zombie film. Uh, He apparently years ago, I think back in the 70s, was commissioned by a church to create a one-hour film, a PSA, about the treatment of the elderly. I think he called it uh, the amusement park. And it was about an older guy goes to an amusement park and basically just faces a night of horrors. This movie disappeared from existence. It was too horrific and disturbing. So the Mm -hmm. church basically said, we don't want anyone to ever ever see this. Just this week, I think, 
it was rediscovered. And somebody watched it for the first time in decades and said that it is incredible, that it is on the level, maybe even better and more horrifying than Night of the Living Dead. Wow. I don't even That's think awesome. we knew that this movie existed until days ago. Are, are we going to get to see it eventually? Apparently, the Library of Congress, I think, is going to have a screening of it, limited screening in 2024. Are you serious? <laughs> we need we need an, if if we're ever going to have an executive order about something, this is what it should be about. Yeah, true. <laughs> we need this released. Wait, if you get an, can't you create a petition Change, for the White House? If you yeah. get enough signatures, they have to respond to it, right? We should make that. I think anyone can make one. All right. Well, we're on it. Don't yeah. worry, listeners. We're going to get you that movie. Well, we're we're. We're real-life heroes. Exactly. Not all heroes wear capes. We're like Phoenix Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so back to the story at hand. Umbrella, um, uh, Penguin's dad didn't have an umbrella, so he died. So Penguin's mom, overprotective, makes Oswald... Uh, what's his name, Adam? Oswald. Uh, makes Penguin. Oswald carry an umbrella everywhere. You got to think that didn't help with all the kids making fun of him. Yeah. So his mother owned a bird shop, and those birds, Adam, those were penguins' only friends growing up. Were they penguins? Uh, no, mm. regular birds. I like penguins. Don't worry. Penguins will come into this. And then why did he turn to crime? There are differing origins, um, but a couple of the more popular ones are that eventually uh, Oswald's mother died. And then her bird shop and all the birds were repossessed by the banks to pay her debts. And in desperation, Penguin turned to a life of crime. The other origin story is that he was outcast by high society, and that rejection turned him to crime. What's the bank going to do with a bunch of birds? I mean, there could have been some rare birds in there that they could have sold. Yeah, that's true. Or they could have turned him into slaves. You know, bird, <laughs> bird slaves. <laughs> well, the issue opens with the penguin. And from the looks of it, he is none too happy. Because some guys off panel are telling him that we found Penny dead outside of your club, the Iceberg Lounge. Hmm, Who's Penny? Break. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. But he's not happy about it, so we have to assume that Penny is someone close to him. They found her outside of his club with her throat cut, and they brought her to the doctor, but the, the doctor essentially uh, couldn't do anything, couldn't save her life. If your throat's cut, you're done, right? Or can you be saved? You can be saved if you stop the bleeding in time. Like... Actually, it was years ago now. The, the, you can watch this on YouTube. It's crazy. This uh, ice hockey player in the NHL, um, I think like a, a skate like clipped his neck and actually cut open his carotid. Oh. And Well, I don't want to get too graphic, but basically like he would have died if people didn't step in there How instantly he... and, and plug close off that vessel until he could get to a uh, surgery. What was he doing on the ground? How did the... I'm not sure exactly how the skate got all the way up to his throat, but that footage is crazy. Wow. It's And it's, like, very bloody, but you can at least watch it knowing he survived and he's doing well. Well, Penny didn't make it. I guess when they, they left her body outside the club, you know, to be found, she probably was bleeding too long. Yeah. Couldn't save her. Well, message. Penguin, like I said, he's not happy. He looks up and he's he's pissed off. He's got a big grimace on his face. And he says, bring me a top hat, a tuxedo, and an umbrella. <laughs> That's like how Sp Spider-Man always needs to get his suit on <laughs> before he can fight crime. <laughs> yeah, Penguin's in a, he's in a phone booth. Like struggling to get his top hat on and his his tuxedo <laughs> thing he falls over. Quit, he has to pull his phone out. Like how do I how do I tie a bow tie again? Yeah, and the uh, the phone booth falls over, and you just hear like. 
Batman <laughs> kicks the phone booth over. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm thinking of like jackass or something where they're in the porta potty. <laughs> well, from here, things move fast. Penguin, he's suited up and he's fighting Batman. He's floating with one umbrella and with his other umbrella, he's shooting Penguin's plasma at Batman. And he's got penguins flying around him. Adam, Wait, penguins. How do you know? How do you know it's called Penguin's Plasma? Does well, it say that in the comic? He says, <laughs> "I'll quote uh, Penguin directly." Now he says, "Squawk! I have an umbrella for every purpose. This one fires Penguin's Plasma. It'll burn right through your petty little bat costume. Oh no, sorry, your pretty little bat costume." I like that voice. Thank you. I've been working on that all day. I was uh, in the back of an Uber, and he was like, what are you doing back there? I'm like, sorry, I'm working on my penguin voice. <laughs> Does he actually squawk? Yes. Actually, his next line's a dialogue. He just stops talking, and he just starts squawking. He goes, squawk! Squawk! <laughs> do you think, what do you think that's, like, it says squawk, but I imagine the vocally it would be like, <laughs> Well, let me ask you, because it's spelled S-Q-W-W-K. Hmm. Okay, so when I think of, like, a bird squawking, it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> So I think he's going, wah, wah. look at <laughs> well, my umbrella. So question. Does this call into question the claim that he is Batman's only sane villain? <laughs> <laughs> I would say so, because it's not like he's disguising his voice or something, like, the way Batman does. He's just adding squawks. Yeah. Do you think... I, this is what I think. I, I think he is sane. I think he just has a sense of humor. I think he's just messing with Batman. Could be, yeah. And, and penguins can't fly, right? No. So, I have two theories for this scene. Either A, they're not flying, they're falling. He just dropped them to create the illusion that they're flying. <laughs> or B, he genetically engineered them. To fly, so that's possible. Wait, so, okay, so he's surrounded by actual flying penguins. What appear to be flying penguins? Yes. Ah. Hmm. Well, like I said, things are moving fast here. That scene ends with Batman punching Penguin in the face. Cut to Penguin in Arkham Asylum, and he's alone. Uh, oh, and by the way, they have to shave him because there's a. A lice breakout outbreak. Oh, okay. So he's bald now. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, he was already bald. <laughs> no, he had uh, he had creepy long hair. Oh. Uh, he's he's sitting alone in his cell, and he says to himself, "To this urn, let those repair that are either true or fair." Recognize that from uh, English class? Maybe AP Lit? Let me, can I guess? Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe? No. Uh. Think about the most famous writer of all time. J.K. Rowling. Stephen King. Oh. <laughs> no, William Shakespeare. Uh, See, you were making the same joke that I was making. So, oh, so I didn't work you on said Stephen list. King? Yeah. <laughs> we were both just going to name a popular pop culture author. Uh, uh. William Shakespeare. This is an excerpt from The Phoenix and the Turtle. And turtle refers to, that's a reference to turtle dove, not an actual turtle. Okay. This is an allegorical poem about the death of ideal love. It's one of his most obscure works. And actually, if you look into it, there's a lot of conflicting theories on how to interpret the poem. But in general, it's accepted to be about perfect love between a phoenix and a turtle dove, two types of birds, And the death of that love. Can I hear it again? To this urn let those repair that are either true or fair. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more where that came from. Nice. Uh, So this this appears to, uh, this this tells us he's not feeling good about Penny. He loved her. That's, that's our, that, that would be my interpretation of this here. Yeah. Well, Penguin starts waddling towards some, uh, <laughs> towards another another part of Arkham. As he as he moves, it says DC Comics presents. Cut to Penguin 
talking to a mysterious figure. He says, My apologies, sir, that it took me as long as it did to see you. My men, unfortunately, did not inform me of your message until... Well, regardless, here I am. Who do you think he's talking to? He's in Arkham right now? Yes. Is he talking to the Joker? No. Think Ridley? about it. He's, talk- he's, he's talking to someone as though he's their inferior. Hmm. Who have we made reference to in this series as potentially being a mastermind, pulling the strings? Oh. Get, you got to give me a hint. Um, here, you can see me on video. I'm okay. going to do something to prepare to speak in this other person's wait, voice. Wait, 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 wait. It's Bane. Yes. I remembered. Yes, Penguin. Here you are. For some reason, there is uh, it says here you dot 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 are. So it's here you are. <laughs> and he's sitting on a, a pile of skulls. And this is in Arkham? Yes. So I said before, DC Comics presents. Then you have that dialogue, and it says, The Tyrant Wing, part one. Hmm. Cut two. Penguin is out of Arkham, so we're fast-forwarding a bit here. There's a big welcoming party. You know, All of his henchmen are there, but he is not interested in any of that. He wants to know, where's Penny? Where's Penny's body? And they haven't buried her yet. They have her in a coffin because Wait, they were. So... Oh no! Go ahead. Well, they were waiting for him to get out of Arkham before they had the funeral. I hope they had a good mortician. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because she's been drained of blood. Well, e- either she's decomposing, or the time served at Arkham was like two days. <laughs> Well, which, yeah, which is totally believable because that place is just a revolving door. That's true. <laughs> well, it's also how did Bane set up shop there? Where did he get all those? It looks like a throne made out of skulls, essentially, <laughs> and what appears to be a Batman statue standing behind him. Huh. These these villains are seriously messed up. Yeah. Well, why why do you say that specifically? He's he's sitting on a throne of skulls. And he has a statue of Batman, and he's living in a prison. And there's probably a lot of people that have a statue of Batman in their bedroom. Yeah. And that's definitely true. After Halloween, I saw a restaurant that was, I guess, getting rid of all their Halloween decorations. And there was just a pile of skeletons outside their restaurant. So what you're saying is you're one of those people who <laughs> sits on a pile of skulls with a Batman statue nearby. <laughs> Let's move on. They want to know what arrangements Penguin wants to make for the funeral. He wants her buried at Gotham Gardens. And I know what you're thinking. That makes sense. That's where Penguin's grandfather is buried. Yeah. So he wants her to be buried near him. He wants two plots, one for him, uh, and one for Penguin for when he dies, and one for Penny. So he's planning to be buried near her, near his grandfather. So clearly this this person is very important to him. We still don't know precisely who she is, though. And there's some messed up dialogue here that'll give you a little window into potentially what's going on here. You ready? Yeah. One of his henchmen says, You, you want to invite her family? Her father has been causing some problems here at the bar. He's looking for her. We try. Well, he keeps looking, you know? So his fa- her father doesn't even know she's dead. Wow. He's asking around at the bar, and they just keep trying to find ways to, you know, get him out of here. Penguin God. replies, No, no, no family. Especially not just us, the people who knew her, who, who understood how special she was. Hmm. What do you think? Well, my guess is that she was involved in their criminal world. And so, and she probably, her identity was kind of really wrapped up in that. So it's not like her family really knew the real her anyway. Yeah. Well, here, here's a little, a little, another tidbit that gives us more. This is our most solid evidence yet as to who Penny is. Because Penguin goes to the gravesite 
and we see the two plots. We see one for Penguin himself, Oswald Cobblepot, beloved son and husband, 1970 dash, and then nothing because he's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. Right next to that, Penny Cobblepot, same last name, mm. beloved daughter and wife. So is his wife and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know <laughs> technically she is a daughter. I don't know if she was his daughter. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. So she was either his daughter or his wife is the theory. Do you need a theory about this? Well, what, what do you think it is? When, when does it say she was born? 1998. That'd be oh. 28 years after he was born. Wait, no, but he already said don't invite the father. It's a good. That's a very good point. Unless he was talking about himself. Well, all right. Let me let me read to you some of his. He basically eulogizes her while he's alone there, and then I've got a few theories. Um, but first, remember that poem we were talking about? Mm-hmm. Comes Is it back. Inscribed? Exactly on Oswald's uh, tombstone. It says, "So they loved, as love in twain." had the essence but in one. And then on pennies it says, two distincts, divisions none, number there in love was slain. I don't, know what any, I don't know what any of that means, really. That sounds very mathematical. Well, if it was the Riddler who wrote that, then you know, I would try and piece that together. <laughs> uh, here's what I don't get. All right? Clearly the Penguin is smart. He knows Shakespeare better than I do. Mm-hmm. He had the capacity for love. Right. And yet, he just, he thinks it's okay to just be this evil. Well, you you could be smart and feel wronged by humanity. He He probably has a very low opinion of humanity, so he thinks he's he's in the right. You know, disregarding people the way the way they disregarded him, the way you disregarded him earlier in this episode. <laughs> you, you know, I asked you who's Penguin. You said he's a freakishly obese short man. Wait, you <laughs> said that. <laughs> I described him as classy. Yeah, he's a charming fellow who uh, <laughs> likes. You know, who doesn't jo- love penguins? You might you might say he's jolly. <laughs> He he's looking over her grapes her uh her uh, coffin. He um drops dirt on it. And as he does that, he gives essentially a eulogy. He says They all thought you were small and silly, another lost thing to be passed around from man to man. Ugh. Let me skip ahead a little bit. He says they never even considered that maybe maybe you had a soul. Passed around from man to man, so doesn't sound like he's her dad. No, so here here's my theories. Um, option but, but one, but she would be too young to be his wife. Well, not necessarily. I yeah. So here here's some theories I've seen bouncing around, and then I'll tell you the one that I think is valid. Okay, could be his illegitimate daughter, which would be weird, as you said, considering he already made reference to her father, but maybe. That's the guy who raised her, but secretly she's his daughter. Yeah. He was he did have a son at one point, so we know he's capable of 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 hmm. uh of conceiving. Of conceiving. <laughs> that was never in question. <laughs> um I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of potential explanations. I mean, for all we know, she's uh his son's wife. Oh, yeah. Daughter-in-law. Yeah. So they can be connected in all sorts of ways. I assume we're going to find out. Well, my favorite theory, and so I'll tell you, spoiler, we don't find out in this issue. Oh. There's a theory I read, I like this theory, from John Arvidon on CBR.com. Says that Penny could be an actual penguin. 
<laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> well, the only fact he gave is that the the average lifespan of an emperor penguin is twenty years, but they can live to be fifty. I don't uh, know why it, that's relevant, considering they can grow really tall too. Can they? They can grow to almost be human like. They can grow to the size of a very small human. All right. That was a human-sized coffin, but apparently also an emperor penguin-sized coffin. So did we ever see her body in the comic, or did we just hear them say that Penny's body was found? We just hear them say it. Ah. Though, do penguins ha- tr- have a traditional throat that can be... Like, can you say a penguin's throat was slit? Yeah, you know what? I this guess... theory's done because they said they took her to a doctor, not a vet. <laughs> That's it. That seals the deal. <laughs> well, what I think is that she's his uh I think maybe she's his younger wife. But she was kind of using him like it was one of those unrequited things. Mm-hmm. Because he says tossed around or passed around from man to man. So my impression right. is that she's working at this club as a sort of adult entertainer, and maybe maybe he thought that she loved him and she kind of was using him a little bit. Right. One of those like classic a, a gold tales. gold digger kind of thing. One of those what kind of things? Like a gold digger? Yeah. He He's saying that she ain't a gold digger. Right. Everyone thinks okay. that she is, and they're probably right, but he doesn't want to accept it. All right. It's my theory. We'll see. Penguins men offer their condolences, but he wants to get right to business. In fact, he says to them, business. That's it. So before we get into that business, you're going to need a little backstory, Adam. A few issues ago, there were three women that were found dead of what appeared to be Natural causes. Blood clots. What, what is a blood clot, by the way? And what, what causes that in your brain? Okay, blood clots in the brain. Mm-hmm. So that would usually be a stroke. Uh, and that can happen most commonly from blood coagulating in your heart and then getting dislodged and going up to your brain and getting stuck in the vessels. And what would you say if you you looked at their their brains and you found out that there was a severe temperature drop in the brainstem. Hmm. Well, I've never heard them talk about the change in the temperature of that part of the brain, but you would imagine if the blood supply was cut off, then you would say that that area is where the stroke happened. And what would you, let's say you saw that, what would your suspicion be? Foul play. Yeah, but who, who committed that murder? Mr. Freeze. That is the suspicion. So Mr. Freeze goes on trial. And it's an easy trial because he confessed. But he confessed to Batman. And he claims that Batman was not being himself. He he basically says Batman was crazy. You know? He he basically told me that if I don't confess to this crime, he's going to kill me. Uh, Forced confession. Right. And it's believable because... This altercation occurred just after Selena Kyle left Bruce Wayne at the altar, breaking his heart. So he mm. wasn't in his right mind, and it's very possible that he would have done something like that, right? Wait, wait. Do they know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? No. So in this court of law, they don't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. They don't know that Batman just got his heart broken. That's just me interpreting what happened and telling you that it's believable, but not necessarily to the jury. Right, but at, at least from our perspective, Mr. Freeze, his story could add up. Exactly. And the jury's going that way. They all fo- they all vote guilty for Mr. Freeze, except oh. for one man, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Because he's on the jury. <laughs> What are the odds? And 12 Angry Men style, Bruce Wayne argues and convinces them 
that Mr. Freeze is innocent, that there are other possible explanations. For example, maybe somebody else could have made it look like there was a temperature drop just to frame Mr. Freeze. But essentially, he sways them. Mr. Freeze is acquitted, thanks to Bruce Wayne. How does Even that Even if connect? he's innocent. What's that? Even if he's innocent, <laughs> he's still a bad guy. I think maybe Bruce was feeling guilty about what he did to Mr. Freeze. So he was really acquitting himself. He's got way too much empathy. Too much empathy, I agree. So what does this all have to do with Penguin? Well, when he remember when he met Bane earlier? What were they yeah. talking about? Well, it sounds like Bane... He's not happy about Freeze being out. He suspects that Bruce Wayne manipulated the jury to get Freeze acquitted. And Bane wants Penguin to punish Bruce. Or else Penguin himself will face punishment. How is Penguin going to punish? Yes. (laughs) So what is the severe punishment for Bruce? What do you think Break it is? Back. No, he's not gonna... Oh, wait, wait. Take away something he loves. Yes. And yeah, think... but his wedding was already broken up. Right, but think about this. This is a hint. Penny? Uh... Penny... Alfred Pennyworth. Wait, so I made a Pennyworth connection earlier. Did you? Yeah. Although I don't know if I directly connected it with Penny, but I was thinking about it. Oh, so you didn't say it. This was in your mind. I said Pennyworth as a joke earlier uh, saying that that was the penguin's real name oh, just because okay. they sound kind of similar. Well, this is not a, I don't think this is a real connection. I think it's purely coincidental, but I thought it was a fun, uh, fun connection. But the bottom line is that penguin has to kill Alfred Pennyworth or as he calls him Wayne's manservant. <laughs> manservant. <laughs> well we cut to the bat cave i guess i guess if you're the penguin you do sometimes need to specify if you're talking about a human or not yeah that's true oh sorry 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 sorry. the penguin servant or a manservant yeah manservant Uh, we're in the Batcave. Batman and Alfred are hanging out. And Alfred is literally hanging upside down because he's cleaning a blood stain off one of the teeth of their T-Rex. And Batman... Do you know about the T-Rex? Oh, no. Yeah, I was hoping to get a reaction from you. Well, I was just wondering, like, what's going on? Yeah, you're just like, what? Are they in a museum? Sort of, actually. Batman's Batcave, in a way, is a museum of his triumphs. Oftentimes, he'll keep um, sort of a keepsake when he defeats a villain. And at one point, like, I like guess he defeated... or a finger or something? No, he's not. This isn't the Joker or the, or the Beast, KG Beast. This is Bruce Wayne. He keeps, uh, I think he's, I don't know if it was a robot T-Rex, but for one reason or another... He ended up in possession of a giant T-Rex, and there's some blood on it, which Alfred is currently cleaning off. And Batman, uh, he excuses himself. He heads out into the night because Commissioner Gordon reported that another woman was found with one of these frozen brain stems. After they got Mr. Freeze out, how do you think he's feeling about that? Shortly after? Shortly after. So he's got no alibi. Well, he might have an alibi. It's just his alibi isn't that he was in Arkham. Who knows? We'll find out. Batman goes to the roof to see Commissioner Gordon. And Adam, remember how after Dick Grayson, Nightwing, got shot, wasn't a whole lot of mention of him in the Batman series after that. Right. Well, don't worry. They mention him here. Gordon asks Batman, how's the kid? <laughs> Batman ignores him. <laughs> but Gordon, this, is, this was a kind of a warm moment because Gordon, he, he continues anyway, regardless of the fact that Batman's not really 
you know, acknowledging this conversation, Gordon tells him that he knew an officer once who got the same wound and came back all the way. So he's saying, don't worry, at some point, Rick Grayson will once again be Dick Grayson. Is that his only deficit after the injury? Is He refuses to go by his, his uh, actual name? Well, remember, he also burned his whole lair down. Yeah, he, was, he definitely went a little off the rails. Well, uh, this crime scene was different with the brainstem, different from the other ones. They found a feather at the crime scene. <laughs> so Penguin is shedding. <laughs> <laughs> so, ba- so Batman knows. He knows he's got to go get Penguin. Do, do you think he, the Penguin left that feather there as a signature on purpose or just like it came out of him? He came out of him. Like, you don't say it came off of him. He yeah. came out of him. He left it there on purpose. He he wants Batman to come after him. Hmm. And that becomes clear as the issue goes on. Batman has left Alfred alone in the Batcave. And you should be worried. Because yeah. we know that he is in the target. Yeah, but I imagine the Batcave is a pretty safe place. It was safe until now. Somebody broke in. Oh, no. You hear a warning that there's an intruder on the ground. And you know how a lot of times before an important character dies, we'll see that character have a very warm moment with somebody that makes us really care about them extra. And then they die? Yeah. We have one of those here. Oh, no. Because Batman, he knows about the warning. So Alfred knows that Batman is going to call him and see what's up. So Alfred starts saying to himself, essentially predicting the things that Bruce is going to say. So for example, Alfred says aloud to himself, There is a broken window in the Simonson suite. And then Batman over the phone says, It looks like there's a broken window in the Simonson suite. Alfred (laughs) says... With the storm, it's probably the wind. With this storm, it's likely the wind. (laughs) I wish I could come home, but... I want to come home, but this lead needs to be followed. I trust you to be careful. I trust you to handle it. Be careful. Yes, Master Bruce. Oh, this isn't good. It's not good. And it continues in this very, very solemn tone because Batman, he's in Penguin's lair. And he's beating up all of his henchmen. But as always with Batman, it can't be just a simple battle sequence. Laid over the fight, we see see more of that poem. We don't know who's reading it, but we just see these boxes, dialogue boxes. I'll read it to you here. Let the bird of loudest lay on the sole Arabian tree. Herald sad and trumpet be, to whose sound chaste wings obey. But thou shrieking harbinger, foul precursor of the fiend, augur of the fever's end, to this troop come thou not near. From this session interdict every fowl of tyrant wing. That's the name of the uh, comic. Oh, yeah. Tyrant wing. on fowl. Fowl? Means bird. (laughs) (laughs) Save the eagle, feathered king. Keep... The obsequy, so strict. Let the priest in surplus white, that defunctive music can, be the death divining. Divining? I don't know. I'll be honest with you, Adam. I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> yeah. It's also Harbinger, not Harbinger. I knew that. I just but got I'll, confused. I'll, I was reading too you much. This is a lot of words. Yeah. I am. Oh, okay. Well, at the end of the page, it says. So they loved, as love and twain had the essence but in one. Two distincts, division none. Number there in love was slain. Which is from the tombstones. Yeah. I'm going to stop reading the poem. Because <laughs> I can't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we cut back to Alfred. He walks into the room where the intruder was reported. And while he's walking in there, the poem is still written. So imagine the poem being read over this solemn sequence 
of Alfred walking into the room. He finds a dead bird on the ground with some broken glass around it. He crouches down to look at the bird. While he's crouched down, we cut to a view from outside the window. It explodes. We see a red dot on his forehead. Oh. Yeah. That's bad. You don't like that red dot? No. I've seen that. I know what that means. (laughs) The poem continues as we see a helicopter outside Wayne Manor with a guy holding a rifle, pointing it at Alfred. Wait. (laughs) We cut back to Alfred. He looks up, and he has a very worried look on his face. The red dot's right on his forehead. Cut back to the rifle. Is this where the issue ends? Not yet, not yet. A little bit more. Okay, okay. But to to aim, like, a sniper rifle from a helicopter, that's crazy. Well, aren't helicopters, they can stay pretty stationary, right? Yeah. I don't know how stationary, though. Right, because usually a sniper rifle, they have to stay super still. So even the the shaking of the helicopter, you think, would be a problem. That's what I would have thought. They're very close, though, is my impression. So it might not matter. We're cutting back and forth between Alfred and Batman as Batman just keeps beating people up, getting closer and closer to Penguin. And finally, he reaches him. And as he reaches him, Penguin's talking, saying that poem. So that whole time, it was Penguin reciting the poem. Mm. And as Batman walks in, he finishes it. For these dead birds, sigh a prayer. And Penguin does the classic. You know, Batman starts to talk. He says, I know about. And then Penguin cuts him off, you know, with the classic. You know, give me a second, Finger. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost done. And Penguin's talking to his men on the phone. And he has a conversation which is disturbing. He says, Report. The guys on the phone say, we have the Wayne Butler in our sights. You want us to pull the trigger on him, boss? No, I think perhaps not. Instead, kill the pilot, then yourself. Now. You got it, boss. Bang, bang. <laughs> wow, they're very loyal. Right? That's, that's Those crazy. Those are loyal manservants. Do you, do you think they really killed themselves? Um, probably. I think so. Which says that... that's that's disturbing. It's disturbing, and it says that when they say he's intelligent, they're not messing around. He has achieved what seems like cult leader-like status among them, among his henchmen. Yeah, that's impressive. Is this possible in real life? Yeah, I mean, people... People kill themselves for all kinds of causes. But you think, like, on a dime like that, like, so, so unimportant. Just, uh, you that's, just kill yourself. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, impressive leadership. So we're scared of Penguin now. We were not we were making fun of him, all issue, you know? Oh, he's in a phone booth, he's falling down. <laughs> he's scary, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty scary. He's got he's got like uh, very devoted followers. Well, there's one more little tidbit before the issue ends. Penguin looks up at Batman. He's chomping on, you know, those like long cigarette holder things. Yeah, like that. Like I picture French women from the twenties using. Yes, exactly. He's got one of those in his mouth. He's chomping on it. <laughs> looks up at Batman menacingly and says. Batman, please, sit down. We have so much to discuss. Theories. What's going on here? Why did he let Alfred live? Well, think of, this is my theory. Think about the name of the story arc. The Tyrant Wing. I think Penguin is the tyrant. And he is betraying Bane. Mm. He needs help. He wants Batman's help. Oh, because Penguin is, uh, he probably doesn't want to be bossed around. I don't think so. Huh. I like where this is going then. Yeah, an unlikely alliance. If they kind of team up a little bit. The Bat 
two bat, two birds, a bat and a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I know that bats aren't birds. All right, don't call me out on that. I know they're lizards. <laughs> lizards. Well, things I loved about this issue. You know that I get bored easily during fight sequences. Yeah. Sometimes when there's a fight sequence on TV, I look at my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> Batman, every time there's a fight sequence, A, there's real stakes. I mean, here we had the underlying tension the entire time of Alfred and the crosshairs. So you're watching Batman fight and you're like, damn it, like Alfred, he's in trouble. What are you doing? And then on top of that, you've got that poem displayed over it. So the whole time I'm reading the poem, I'm watching the fight, I'm trying to understand the connection between the two. I'm intrigued. And you could strip all that away, and the fight looks amazing because the art is great, as always. But they take it to the next level. Also, the moment between Alfred and Bruce on the phone was touching, added to the tension, and it didn't feel forced. It felt organic, like they would have this conversation. So a lot of good stuff in this issue. Like you said, I can't wait to see where it goes next because they can never do just a conventional villain story. Most of this issue was dedicated to Penguin, not even Batman. So we're learning more about him, and then it's not a simple Batman versus Penguin story. It looks like they're setting up something much more interesting and penguin feels like he has real humanity to him just because he clearly is capable of love and has an intellectual side so i can take him more seriously and as a villain and i can find him uh, very interesting and that's another good point you mentioned the love there's this other mystery of who's penny and i'm sure we'll learn more about her over some of these issues. So, lots to look forward to here. I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah. I'm Gil, and I read comics. I was waiting for you to say that. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating, or if you have time, a review in Apple's podcast app. It really helps us out, helps us get more listeners, which will make it more fun for all of us. And if you want to get involved in the show, if you want to send in your feedback, comments, questions, if there's a particular comic you'd like us to talk about, then you can reach out via email, gilreadscomics at gmail.com, or check us out on Twitter, at gilreadscomics. And it and it turns out that uh, that poem being read at the end is actually a flashback to uh, Batman's dad reading it to him as a kid. <laughs> Just every issue ends with a twist of, and it turns out Batman's dad was reading him a story about Bane <laughs> the entire time. Yeah.